Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number five of Sports Now with Tom Zenner. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't subscribed to the Valuetainment Sports Channel, I welcome you to do it right now. We're going to pump this channel up with great content, some exclusive interviews, some short-form content, and, of course, this podcast every single week and uh, some killer topics once again. There's never a downtime in sports anymore. I remember back in the day when... About this time of the year, you had to rely on the Little League World Series for your uh, fix of uh, sports or maybe uh, NFL preseasons games. Now everything is always on. There's never a break in any of the sports and and some great topics to talk about. So let's bring back for episode number five, Mr. Jeff Deutsch. Good to see you. Good our, to see everyone. Our resident Ivy League alum and attorney. By the way, Jeff, when's the last time you sued somebody? Has it been a while? Uh, I have the poster child for... Uh practicing law without <laughs> there we suing go. people. Mediation, so. let's get a nice settlement going. Yeah, contract guy, so uh, I've uh, only been in the courtroom as the defendant, so I uh, awesome. <laughs> kind of say that. Good seeing you, Jeff, and uh, joining us is Gerard Michaels back again. What's up, TZ? Uh, something I have in common with Jeff is I've also been in the courtroom as a defendant a few different times. So. Exclusively? <laughs> Exclusively. Hey, guys, so, um, you know, I remember, though, and I, I alluded to this off the top, do you guys, I don't like the Little League World Series. For me, it just it reminds me that there's no real sports going on. Mm. I feel like ESPN overdoes it. I mean, it's great, it's cute, and you know, seeing these kids mash is is fun and what a thrill for them. But I, I hated the time when you had to rely on that only. And and right now, just everything just kind of merged. Like they just announced the NBA's opening night schedule, right? And there's like five no Christmas schedule. They they announced the Christmas schedule, five games on Christmas. You know, the NBA season starts in less than two months, mm-hmm. and that thing went long this year. So there's never a break, which is kind of cool. And the fact that they're not going deep on these NFL preseason games is killer, too. I mean, there was nothing worse than having to watch the NFL preseason games when you know your guys aren't playing. Right. The only good thing about the NFL preseason from from my vantage point is that if you're working with guys who are really trying to make the team mm-hmm. and guys are on the bubble, I mean, opportunity is everything, right? Yep, so yep. Um, you guys both know that. So sometimes it'd be painful to watch, but you'd be watching third and fourth quarter of games just trying to identify your guy who's trying so hard to make the team yeah. that it made preseason a little bit and, more And, and tolerable. guys do get injured and there's opportunity, man. I mean, there's, there's preseason uh, guys every single year that come out of nowhere and make the squad right it's it's camp bodies but it's a chip yeah. in a chair you, you gotta out, be by there the way, to, go. to my boy christian uh Sokoli, who is plying his trade in germany right now he took a year off christian uh is a crazy story he's the first albanian born uh uh player ever drafted in the nfl um and he he was he's been on you know five five different rosters uh, what position well that's the thing he was um i believe he was an all-conference d lineman at buffalo was drafted by Seattle, and Tom Cable tried to make him uh, an offensive tackle. Yeah, and um, he struggled with the transition. Then he went to Indianapolis, where they let him be a D tackle, and then he went to the Giants, and he was on the practice squad at both D tackle. Now he just was in. He took a year off, tried to become a financial advisor, and realized woke up one day and was like, "This sucks. <laughs> I'd rather play football." Yeah. And uh, he he was in the spring league. He did pretty well, coming off a torn ACL, and now he's uh, out in Germany. All right. Um, and it, but he he couldn't, uh, you know, because of uh, certain political <laughs> issues, he couldn't get uh, a, a camp invite well, here not, in America. Not, so. not the typical route to the NFL, but we wish him luck. Well, he's been in the NFL. Okay. It's his route okay. back. Okay. It's his okay. route back, yeah. All right, so here's the first topic I want to talk to you guys about, and college football is going to kick off around Labor Day. Great schedule of games. So right now, the big stories that you're hearing is which teams are vaccinated. So the COVID vaccine is a big deal in college football right now. Now, there's one coach 
that is refusing to get vaccinated. It's the head coach for the Washington State Cougars. And just earlier this week, the governor in the state of Washington, Washington said all state employees have to be vaccinated. It's a requirement. And if you look at it, if you look at the roster of head football coaches in the country, 80% of them are the highest paid employee in their state. I'll give you an example. Alabama head coach Nick Saban, 10 million, easily the highest paid uh, public employee in the state of Alabama. Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, all their coaches are. The only states that the football coach is not the highest paid employee in the entire state is Delaware, Maine, Massachusetts, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Dakota, and Vermont. Places where there's no, no right, college right. There's no big major college football <laughs> machine there. Yeah. So this is kind of a big deal. Now, the head coach's name is Nick Rolovich. He's making $3.4 million per year. He's the, highest, the second highest paid employee in the state behind Chris Peterson, the head coach at Washington. Now, he's refused to get vaccinated. About 80% of the Cougars team is. He didn't go to media day. So the line has been drawn in the sand. The governor is standing by and saying, hey, basically, your job is on the line here. You have to be vaccinated or you're not going to coach a football team. And I'm going to give you my opinion. I believe he should be fired. I really do. And this is nothing to do with a political statement or what I feel about vaccinations. But you're the head coach of a football team. You know what you signed up for. There's inherent risks with certain jobs. You're asking players to go out there and risk injury every single day and every single game. You know, the aggressiveness, the way coaches talk to their players, you know, and, and put them into weird situations just with, you know, some things going on in team meetings and on the practice field or whatnot. I think it's a terrible example to set for the rest of the team. I think football is the ultimate team sport where you have to buy in. And if you see this from the top, I think it's a terrible message to send. And here's two more things. Number one, there is a caveat. There's an out if you're a state employee in Washington. If you could say that you're not getting the shot because of medical or religious beliefs, then you don't have to. There's an exemption for you, but he hasn't said either of them. And he's put this team in a terrible limbo and in a gray area here as they get ready for the season. I think it's setting themselves up for failure for the whole season. I think he could be gone. He's jeopardizing his career because it's not like he's a household name or a great coach. His record at Hawaii was 28 and 27, and he was one in three last year with Washington State. So interesting story to follow to see if he actually holds on to his job. And, and Gerard, I'll start with you. You know, vaccines are always a topic. It's a big deal when you talk about kids going back to school and, and workplaces and how they're requiring them. But man, if, if you know the rules and you know it affects a lot of people on your team, what, what's your thoughts on this? Do you, this wasn't a rule when he took the job. Well, it was a rule that you have to follow certain mandates if does, you're a state employee. Are you saying that- Does HIPAA not exist anymore? Do, 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 does your employer get to tell you what you can and can't put in your body whenever you want? I mean, it, it, the- if he were to turn around and say that he wants every single one of his players to take steroids, right, to, to inject themselves with a pharmaceutical, otherwise they can't be on the team, there would, there would be outrage. Yeah, but steroids right? are illegal, aren't they? I mean, you're not allowed to take them. Steroids are legal. They're given to cancer patients. Steroids are, to, are, per, are perfectly legal. You need a prescription for them, right? So, the, the, look, maybe it's not the, the, the greatest analogy, but the point I'm trying to make is that you're going to take somebody's job away for their decision whether or not to consume a pharmaceutical product, and the governor is threatening your livelihood and your well-being 
over your right to physical personal autonomy. That's I don't care if it's football. I don't care if he's a, a, is somebody cutting meat behind a deli counter. That's a wrong precedent. Yeah, but if he knows what the rules are, and it wasn't the rules when he took the job. But it, but it is the rules now. So he must be comfortable being okay with that. All right, it's saying my my career as a coach. I think not we all. Getting a vaccinated. I, I look, this isn't really this isn't really the the tone of your podcast. So forgive me for this, but I think every single one of us needs to understand right now that what you do for a living is not who you are, and that if it comes down between coaching a football team, which he's sacrificed his entire life to become one of what one hundred Division One coaches in the world, one hundred people have this job. He's at the very very top of his field, and he sacrificed years of his life to get to this point. And now, because he won't take an experimental drug, the he's getting he's, he's going to have that taken away from him. I'm sorry, man. I think each and every one of us at this point, we have to understand this is this is bigger than us in the moment. This is this is about this is about overreach of the highest magnitude. And this is you may you this may be the greatest drug of all time. This vaccine may be the absolute miracle of medicine. I'm not to say it is or it isn't. Yeah. But the fact that it the, this coercion, this coercion cannot be allowed and it cannot be supported. Well, the, it's it's restricted to the school facilities, right? And you I'm glad Tom you read deeper into law because you didn't go for the clickbait, right? Because reading further into the law, it's not mandated until October 18th. So it's going to be interesting, right? Is he going to have an exemption? pop up within the next 45, so 60 days. Whatever he has to do to keep his job by October 18th, that'll be his would. personal decision. Yeah. But your point is, hey, if you're asking him to lie, there's something fundamentally wrong with that. But we're going to see how this plays out. So sure. it's not as if there's going to be an immediate end to this. He's got the time, which kind of makes doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? Because if it's for public policy and he's around the kids and around other teams, yeah. Well, he, that's a long time. He's not going to look good either way, though, because if he ends up using a religious belief or a medical reason, why didn't you say that right away? Well, this it's going to seem like he fabricated This is it. the thing with the NFL. All these guys, these, these older guys are retiring uh, this year. Right, I think there's been five in the Giants camp alone. There's been another six or seven people that have chosen to retire. They're nine, ten years in the league, and what I'm hearing from my sources that are that are hitting me up, DMing me, I've got friends in the league, and they're like, "These are dudes that they're saying, bro, you got to get the vaccine, or you're not playing." They're like, "I'm out, I'm out, screw it." Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this on the podcast earlier. Watch the Minnesota Vikings season this year because their leader, their star quarterback, if you call him a star, Kirk Cousins, is refusing to get vaccinated. So is the second string quarterback. So they're going to have some serious issues just the way the NFL is dealing with players that aren't vaccinated. Do you think this is giving Nick Rolovich, the head coach of Washington State, time to figure out his legal options if this were to happen? I mean, would a firing be justified? Would he have? Because to Gerard's point that it wasn't in his contract early on, would he have any legal ground to stand on? Yeah, I don't think he has any legal ground. And I don't think that's Gerard's point. I mean, I think it's more than just a contract. Like every contract will have language in there that says you have to obey by applicable statute. And if it's an ordinance issued mm -hmm. by the governor, clearly he'd be violating the contract. I think your point is it's much bigger than the it contract. Is. Like we talked about. Um, but Listen, he wouldn't have, a, he wouldn't have a, 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 a contractual argument. If we're, if we're, get, if we're being, you know, if I'm going to take it to crazy town, but just to, just to like let people know, there's a difference between morality and legality, right? Slavery was legal. It was a legal thing. Right? It doesn't make it right, and it doesn't mean anybody should should have done it. Right? And I'm not saying that this vaccine is bad. I want to be very clear. I, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. Okay? What I am saying is that's none of our business what this guy, what medicine this guy takes. Uh, and, his, and his job yeah. shouldn't be at risk for a personal decision. I, I would say in normal times, these are abnormal times. I'm just saying that if you're the head coach of a major college university football team, 
You know, this is some of the things that you're faced with, and it's a big. That's why you earn the big bucks. Well, you talked about the big bucks. You said before. You know, each of these coaches are the highest yeah. paid yeah. In public sector in their state. Yeah. Who's the highest paid public sector employee in America? Uh, that's uh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci yeah. is the, the highest paid, paid government public employee sector over yeah over right? three million. So the federal government. It's insane. So all I'm saying here, man. And and I and I want people that are listening to this to really understand they're going to push this as far as they can unless we push back. If this guy does get fired or loses his job, every single one of us needs to pressure the hell out of the Washington State program because the other side pressing. All they're trying to do it's just CYA. It's corporate CYA at every stretch. All right, and and we if we keep giving in, if we keep allowing them to take our freedoms, we are never going to get them back. That's not being alarmist. That is having even even a minute fundamental understanding of history. Yeah. Well, we'll so, it's not like they're asking him to play Russian roulette on the sideline. How do you know that? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying. Look, I took a lot of risk. I played college football. You played. Sports. You didn't take experimental drugs, <laughs> did you? I, look, here's the thing. Do you think he should be fired if he doesn't do this? Do you think that the that the president of the university or the governor is warranted and has the quote unquote power? They they in my opinion they clearly have the power yeah. to terminate him. And 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 this law in, in Washington is relegated to educational people and personnel. It goes to the bus drivers in kindergarten through fifth grade all the way up to the short sure. football. Coach. It's legal. Do you think it's right? In this circumstance, I'd have a hard time saying it's 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 wrong. Now, if I represented him, would I feel differently? I'd like to think not. But if you put my you know feet to the fire, because of his position, his leadership position, I, I have a hard time with him refusing it without one of those I exemptions. Think, I think he's going to lose a lot of credibility and respect in the locker room. I mean, if 80% of the team is taking the shot, and we don't have to dive into this anymore on the political side, it'll be an interesting thing to follow. Yeah, I He's guess. probably the only I mean, coach in the country that hasn't done it. Probably the only one. And I would imagine it's going to be hard for him to get another job if he does get fired or he decides to quit over this. What, so does HIPAA not exist anymore? I, 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 sure it does, but I'm just telling you the realities I, of sports and the way I think the everyone cites HIPAA, it's, it's not me. a HIPAA issue. Like I think everyone associates HIPAA with privacy. Yeah. HIPAA's a little bit different. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Because a lot of people, I even had my buddy ask me uh, the other day, hey, his wife is just getting hired by a condo association. She is vaccinated, but they're asking her, can they ask the question, are you vaccinated? And the answer is yes. Employers can ask the question: okay. Are you vaccinated? <laughs> Some companies are making it mandatory. Sure. Uh -huh. So should we? The, the, should the flu shot be mandatory as well? Should you be allowed to coach if you don't have the flu shot? If if you've been sick in the past, all right. And if you if you if you're if you have if if you have uh, you know herpes, right? You get the mouth herpes and stuff like that, and then you're using a, a sippy cup, and then I got to use a sippy cup. Is that is that not all interesting questions? I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, but, but, but uh, the whole idea behind this is asinine. Why for this and then nothing else? Why for this? Well, yeah, that but, that is probably the best argument, right? Because it is a slippery slope. So we're almost now ranking diseases and saying, okay, and who's deciding the threshold of this certain disease? Because right, so if I don't take the flu vax, you know, vaccine, am I in jeopardy of losing my job? The whole landscape may change, and you may be right. Now, all of a sudden, to your point, it could be dangerous giving that much power to people that's saying you need to do A, B, and C to maintain your employment. Yeah, we're again, we're we're not talking about we're we're talking about in New York specifically. We're talking about the ability to eat 
in restaurants to, to, to nourish yourself. Now we're talking about the ability to earn an income for your family, right? So th- this this goes beyond yeah, choice, right? Yeah, but I mean, you make this individual, and we're going to move on from this in one second, but you'd have to make that argument for every company that's requiring their employees to be vaccinated. Nobody should. How can you require somebody to take an experimental drug hey, to maintain way, employment? The Falcons are 100% vaccinated. I think they're the only team I in the I think the NFL. right to be gainfully employed is a little bit different than the right to be nourished in a restaurant, right? I mean, I think that's in New York City. What you can't go into a grocery store either. What do you What do you do? How do you, How do you get food? Grocery store? I thought yes. it was just restaurants. No, oh, grocery, grocery store, indoor. bodega, anything that it doesn't even have to be indoors. It has to have a roof and three walls. That's why there's a black market for fake vaccine cards, <laughs> and that's why the FBI is looking into it. Well, that's interesting about the NFL. If you want to segue to that, because if you've got to present your vaccination card at a arena. Well, you do for the Raiders. Is it going to be like college bars now? Is there going to be a whole underground of, there is. of, of uh, which, fake IDs? Do you think every Raider fan which is going to be Which will turn into what? There has to be some yeah. sort of digitization. There has to be... You know, I'm, am I going to get McLovin's you know, vaccine card? Dude. Hey, I'll tell you what. Um, we could just be talking about football, but we have this great subject to talk about. <laughs> How exciting. All right. One other thing that's happening in football that is not really having anything to do with the, uh, the actual game is the hard hitting going on in the stands. Did you guys? Clearly you did. That Rams and Chargers game Dude, over the weekend. I mean, that was a legit brawl. And a couple things that you, you take from that is where the hell was security? How come nobody got kicked out? I mean, it takes forever <laughs> for these guys. Do you realize if, if you're like spending five seconds looking like you're counting cards at a blackjack <laughs> table in Vegas, the hounds will descend on you and they will figure it out pretty damn yeah. quickly? I mean, this is a $5 billion stadium. Yeah. You think they have the technology in place where there's cameras everywhere and they could see this and, and the yellow windbreaker guys might have a little backup. What's going on? the southwest man sons and four guy got at least five or six in man so this is this is like that was a big big fight and i here's the thing i have to say is what they're doing for punishment is they might ban you from the stadium for the year are we not looking at assault how are these people not being like arrested And, and and jeff here's another question for you could stadiums or teams be open up to some lawsuits? I just I just can't. Oh, yeah. This seems to be escalating and getting worse. And it's almost like people, it's a badge of honor. They know they're going to be videotaped doing it. Like you mentioned, that Suns fan became famous for it. The, the whole team embraced him. I think they made a bobblehead for him. But you see certain trends in, in, in society and in sports. And this is one of them. The... the uh, the cavalier attitude of fans thinking that they can just throw down and it can get ugly. People are going to get seriously hurt. Yeah, I don't know if it's gotten worse or maybe the the players have kind of used their power to fight back because there's always been this unruly fans and these in these brawls. But back to your question about the stadium, you know, there's this whole legal doctrine of assumption of the risk, right? Baseball. I used to do that at, at Lynn University. We used to take the back of a baseball ticket and read all the fine print that you need, like a magnifying glass to read. Mm-hmm. And it's basically assumption of the risk. You get hit in the head with a foul ball. Hey, you knew the risks. But to your point, going to a stadium, is there an assumption of risk that you might get clocked oh, by God. an unruly fan? Yeah. No. no. So does it raise to the level of negligence or gross negligence? Regular negligence, they're probably okay. Grossly negligent, there's an issue. And what does that mean? Okay, if you have five security guards for 50,000 people, yeah. that's probably a poor ratio. Yeah, especially well, they, if the they, average they, age is 70, right? There's actually precedent <laughs> yeah. for this. That that uh, that Giants fan got the living hell beat out of him in the parking lot. Oh, the San lot. Francisco Giants. He yeah. was in a coma for a long yeah, time. And he, yeah, and he sued and he got a lot of money. Yes, he did. Um, right? It was exactly what you said. So that they was in pre- San Francisco, yeah. Dodgers-Giants season opening game, yeah. I think. And, and, and he Dodgers got fans jacked. beat the hell yeah. out of him, yeah. Uh, look, man, it, it's it's all, again, it's almost like... Uh, 
the entire world's uh, ready to, to jump into war or something like that. It's almost like they locked everybody inside for a year. <laughs> well, that's what they said, right? Yeah. The pandemic. So maybe the, 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 the argument or for the stadiums is that, that you know what? These people have been, you know, been inside yeah. for a long time. About, look, I think the NHL does it right. Just grab them, put them, put them on opposite corners for two minutes, let them go back to their seats. Cool off a little bit. Yeah, you, know, you don't need an assault charge. You just need two minutes in the, in the cooler, you know? You, you know, the ironic thing is a fan can you know make, make one little mistake with a word on Facebook or Twitter or something and say something about a player yeah. and they'll be canceled and, and face severe consequences. You go in there and pummel someone, yeah. you know, break their jaw, harm someone physically, and there's really no oh, repercussions. You know what, though, Tom? I would love, I would love their to be like once a year, just once a you get to use it once a year on Twitter, where somebody comes flipping off at the mouth and you get to challenge them to a duel. Old school, Burr Hamilton, maybe no firearms, but it's like, all right, it's on. You cash the check. You wrote the check. Time to cash it. You're my one. Like you're a mu- my, mulligan, and then you're you get, my one this like year. Happened. Absolutely. Whoever in the comments wants it. All right, here's the deal. <laughs> like, like gladiator mode. We'll get yes. the old school. Yeah, like, just, uh, just uh, good old fashioned That's it. You know. Yeah. This is, hey, look, man. You know, you, you, Maximus. It, it was a really good idea when those, when, when those thumbs were two thousand right, miles away so from you, me. You, you have one battle that you can fight. I'm sure one you battle. got. A, I'm sure you got a few targets out there. If you oh, can pick man. one, could you even narrow it down? Oh, dude, what, do I just? They just have to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They just have to say yes. <laughs> oh man, could I narrow it Think down about to it. one? Yeah. Think about it. You know, here's another possible um, reason for these fights in the stands: alcohol. I mean, does that have something to do with it? Losing money on gambling. Losing money on gambling. I mean, th- that Rams and Chargers fan fight. A woman threw a beer at this guy, and then he just goes nuts, just well, throwing haymakers. She, like that. Isn't that perfect though? Like she, she started the whole thing, and then she sucked the pit balls out. Yeah. Him. She's like, "Go get them." So there's this. You know, they 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 came out and they ranked every team's fan base in the NFL by how many alcoholic beverages they consume during the game. So the number one, Raiders. Greatest drinkers in the NFL are the Cincinnati Bengals. No, congratulations, they're good at really? something. But I mean, it makes sense. They got to shout out to you, Eric Grooms. They got to drown their sorrow a little bit. Five point two beverages per game. <laughs> they tra- five, <laughs> five point two. So we'll put up the list here. Um, five point two, man. That's that's like that, they're spending sixty bucks on beer. That's five point two. <laughs> per, yeah, my point, and I think customer? it's more than sixty. Yeah, per five point two per fan. So Yowzers. you know, there's like twenty thousand people that don't drink. Wow. So some are having fifteen, twenty. They're spending two, three hundred bucks just on booze. Now you guys are both married. What do you do? Your your wife throws a beer at, at some giant dude, and then it's it's time for you to go handle it. What, what's going on here? <laughs> what's happening? Um, wake up from the alternate universe that I'm actually in because I don't think it would happen. She would only go to the game if we could get get into a suite anyway, so... Jeff? Yeah, you, I mean, I guess it's go time it's at that go point. Time. It's I mean, go time. Work, you know. Hey, I'll tell you a story. You so gotta go. When I was working in Boston at Fox, um, the Minnesota Vikings were in town to play the Patriots. And there was a lot of Viking fans in the stands. And one of them had one of those, you know, Norseman Helga Horn things with the mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. the long little uh, ponytails, right? Like It's just like a cheese head for a Packer fan. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota Vikings fans have this. So, um... This guy was wearing it, and he could feel something kind of tugging at the back of his head, like something was up. And and he reaches back there to kind of like feel what's going on, and it was a Patriots fan behind him with a huge scissors that was shearing off one of the ponytails, right? Fake hair, but cutting it. As his hand was back there, it cut his finger. Stop. Now, it. this guy is like a renowned surgeon, all right? So it, it literally... Like, d- destroyed this guy's surgical career. I mean, bleeding, crazy. I mean, so the, the crazy stuff that happens in the stands that you don't even know about. I mean, 
Yeah, can you imagine you go to a football game, you want to, you know, you you wear kind of a ridiculous outfit, you know, you could maybe expect some verbal abuse, but to think that your surgery career is over over an unruly fan and it, it all comes down to drinking. And let's see, bottom of the list, it's uh, the San Francisco 49ers at just 2.6 drinks per game. Yeah, but that doesn't include kombucha. <laughs> yeah, that's because Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Two do glasses guys? of wine versus 5.2 uh, you know, shots of Jaeger. You know, it's one of those things that you almost become numb to. When you go to a game, you don't even think about the fact that I'm paying $8 for a bottle of water because you're thirsty. Yeah. But when you do step back and, and, and just try to rationalize it, it just doesn't make any nah, sense. I'm it, not numb to it, man. I gotta tell you, I, I get offered uh, NFL tickets all the time, man, and I'm like, it's just not a fun yeah. in-game experience. Mm-hmm. You're just standing around waiting for the guys to come back from TV timeouts. It's the in-game experience that an NFL game needs to improve. Well, and, and you're giving up a whole a whole day oh, uh, with already, traffic, oh. with getting in with security, getting there, finding your seat, maybe the tailgating tailgates, a little the bit. Tailgate's the best part, though. I'd rather go to a tailgate and then watch yeah. the game on a TV. I mean, Jeff, do you do you enjoy the game day experience, like NFL or anything? Do you go to a lot of games with your kids? Uh, I've started to well, before the pandemic, yes. But that's we talked about that a few times ago. If you go with your kids... It's a different experience, oh, right? Because okay. you suck it up, and even if you're kind of like you, you identify the problems through a kid's lens, especially your kids. Yeah. And we'll take kids to the game. We had a birthday party. I think I mentioned a few podcasts. We went to Marlins Park. Yeah, I mean it's it's a different experience. How many beers are your kids drinking per game? There, uh, my kid had five point two. <laughs> <laughs> right on point, man. He could be a Bengals fan. Cincinnati's he got nothing on my son. <laughs> the last game I went to was last week. I went to the Angels game, and they were playing Toronto. So I got a chance to see oh, Vlad Guerrero. Oh, you got some great hitters in that so game. So my son was all excited. We go to this game. and Bichette's you know, kid is amazing, too. He, he didn't play that night, but he was great. So you go there for so- Sho- Shohei Otani, right? Yeah. Home run. First first at bat, he puts one to the warning, or no, to the wall, and the guy took it. He caught it. Next at bat, just blast this 470. I mean, the guy is just so incredible. Yeah. The star power of Shohei Otani is off it's the even chart. increased. Just ask Jack Morris. It's even increased when we talked about that. Yeah. We can segue into that. But yeah. we had uh, talked about Otani a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, since the All Star break, not only did he hit his 40th home run, I mm-hmm. think it was last night. So he's leading the major leagues in home runs. Yeah. Since or since July, two earned runs. He's <laughs> first. He's five and zero. Oh, yeah. yeah. First in ERA. Yeah. First in like strikeout to walk yeah. ratio. It, it's incredible. It's, it's having. It's having Mike Trout and Jacob Degrom. In, in the lineup at all times. Yeah, that stays healthy. Yeah. It's actually in the lineup because both those guys are always hurt. So, so I, I have a few friends of mine that that you know have pretty strong feelings about this. Guys that were pitchers that had to give up hitting. They were great hitters, and even when they got to college, they had to give it up. And they're they're a little pissy about it. They were like, "I could have done this." Uh, yeah, we'll see, right? But, but he I, they makes it look so easy. So what, people don't know Zach Granke. Zach Granke is one of the greatest high school hitters of all time. Huh. Zach Granke is one of the greatest shortstops ever to come out of high school. He's drafted out of high school to be a shortstop, then he uh, or, or became a pitcher. But he was going to uh, drafted out of high school to become a pitcher, but he was going to Clemson to play shortstop. So the there's a lot of players. There's a lot like Micah Owings, a lot of guys that had to choose one or the other, and definitely could have done both. And why they were forced into it, I don't know. Yeah. But there's a lot of dudes that that were. Really, really, really good two-way players, and they were just never afforded the opportunity. The fan base Otani has built up is incredible. It, I've never seen anything like it in a baseball game. Everybody is on their feet. Everybody has their cameras rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is it is like the Beatles and Michael Jordan, and the guy is just 6'5", 
just so smooth, so polished, mm-hmm. good looking. I mean, just watching him warm up is, is is a treat. I mean, he's like locked in on that pitcher, even from the batter's box, and then his swing is so pure. I didn't get to see him pitch that night, but man, to watch him and hit a home run and just just his presence. And the game within a game, right? Just all, I always watch how the teammates respond to a, uh, a superstar player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he comes in the dugout, and these grown men are acting like kids. Yeah, they love like we're on the fan. He, he seems, and I don't know firsthand in this particular case, but they seem like they love him. He's having fun. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going down the dugout like everyone else. Yeah. They're all hitting him, and they're doing, everyone's yeah. got their own like uh, ritual now. Post yeah, finally, run. Trout has somebody to help him. Carry the carry the weight, and he's not even there. I know, right? right. And, and you you watching this team, you're going, how are you not better? I yeah. mean, you got Joe Madden as your manager. Yeah, they can't pitch. You've got money. Ten you got, years, I mean, they can't good pitch. God, and then you compare that to the Dodgers, same city, you know, mm-hmm. 35 miles apart, with all stars at every position. Does it piss you off watching a guy like Shohei Otani? How easy he makes baseball look? <laughs> no, I mean, it, he makes it look too easy. The only time I've ever been pissed off watching somebody else play baseball is normally like Gary Sanchez, you know, trying to scoop a ball off one knee and letting the ball go to the backstop. I'm like. I could have done that for twenty million. Right. God Almighty! Yeah. But uh, Trey, uh, what was it? Trey Turner when he yeah. when he slid home. Oh, that was a beautiful thing. I, I've never been more jealous of another athlete. Every month, that dude made coming across home plate look like a, a Holly. That was the most Hollywood slide of all time. Trey Turner. That was like that was smooth. I mean, it was boy. just perfect. Where he slid behind the catcher and just reached around and touched home plate. Give I think it, it was little, like his second game of the pivot. Yeah, yeah. We, we forget how how hard the things that these athletes do in almost every sport. It's so Crazy. effortless, right? So it's almost as the more effortless they can make things, the more of a superstar they are. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's one of the, the things um, when, when people, back when I was playing, and people would be like, this guy's a bum, this guy sucks. I'm like, that. that's the greatest player anybody in that state has ever seen right. in their life. <laughs> like, in, in, that, in that little that small year. world mm-hmm. that, you know, and people would go nuts. I, I remember being a kid, uh, and I, I had just signed with the Cardinals, and everybody back home was like a Met fan or a Yankee fan, and everybody was talking about, tell Wainwright, you know, he got lucky with that curveball with the, you know, with uh, Beltran. I'm like, dude, the guy throws 98 miles an hour, and he throws a 3-2 breaking ball that starts right, at the right, shoulders right. and ends at the knees. Yeah. If that, if he threw you that curveball, a normal human being, you would have pooped yourself at the plate. You would have actually, you would have defecated sure. yourself in the box. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun. And, and, you know, everybody's like, Beltran, how do you take strike three? Because he thought it was a fastball until exactly... Two seconds before it wasn't. Like, right, you know what right. I mean? Like, come on. You know, here's another way I think that you could admire Shohei Otani and, and, and just how he's proven that he's elevated himself above a lot of people right now. And it's his uh, ability for forgiveness, for compassion, for common sense, for sanity. If you hadn't heard what happened, so earlier this week, the Angels were in Detroit. They were playing to the, the Tigers. And one of the announcers for the Detroit Tigers is Jack Morris. And he's old school, right? I mean, he was a World Series hero for the Twins, pitched that game seven in 1991. Incredible, what, like nine and ten innings. Twelve he, innings, right? I think it was ten or eleven. They he beat the Braves. He pitched the ten, but it might have went yeah, yeah, yeah. eleven or ten. Yeah, it was just insane. Eleven or twelve. I, you know, and he, I think he won a World Series with the Tigers in 84. Legendary pitcher, and, and now on the broadcast team for the Tigers. And they were talking about Shohei Otani because he was going to be the starting pitcher that following night on Wednesday. And the play-by-play announcer asked Jack Morris, hey, how would you approach Otani tomorrow if you were facing him? And he he went into this kind of really odd Asian accent, and he said very, very carefully. Yeah, but it sounded more like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, yeah. It was really it was not a great look for him, not a great choice. So immediately he was suspended. I, he knew he did something wrong because he identified it and apologized for it right away. And then the Tigers, which you'll see all pro sports teams do now, they don't waste any time. They immediately suspend you. As Tom Brenneman, you know, we haven't seen him since uh, mm-hmm. what last summer in, doing a Reds game. So they put him on um, indefinite suspension. He's going to go to uh, 
counseling, you know, sensitivity training. So all this is mandated and et cetera. So the big question is, what did Shohei Otani think about it? And after the game where he won the game as a pitcher and he hit a home run, his 40th of the season, he was asked about it. And he he said, um, I did see the footage and I heard it on video. But personally, I am not offended. I didn't take anything personally. You're not going to see that be turned into a huge story, but yeah. it's unbelievable. And, and, you know, it just defies everything that's going on now where people overreact to everything. And he just injects this common sense and a little sense of reality. It was so refreshing. Yeah, it, it adds to his, his aura. But the later part of that quote, I think, said, well, he's a legend. What am I supposed to do? Like almost he, he made that comment where people would be like, wow, what a what a you know generous gesture. And then afterwards... He, he might have been hurt a little bit, but okay. it just shows that he's aware of his presence and the power he has now in Major League Baseball that I think he's authentic and just said, hey, look, I'm okay with it, but even if I wasn't, maybe it can be construed this way. Even if I wasn't, I'm not going to say anything against a guy, a legend that's given so much to this game that now I'm coming to the States yeah, you and don't enjoying. You know, crush a guy's career well, over. But I mean, it really is stupid. You wonder what he's going through Morris's well, mind. Like, all, how would you ever think that's a good idea? First of all, Morris was being complimentary. I mean, when you break it down, he did it in the wrong way, but he was being complimentary. Second of all, man, one of the things that, you know, uh, my, my father worked in Japan when I was growing up for a little bit, and, and um, I got to know a, a little bit about Japanese culture. Very, very proud people. They would never in a million years go along with this victim mentality crap that we have where, you know, the victimhood in America has become so profitable. So, you know, it, it is refreshing, but it's also a cultural difference where he would never, even if he was hurt, he would never out outwardly express it or or... My understanding of Japanese culture being, I don't think he would, I should say. But look, I actually grew up on a different type of sports, right? I grew up on ESPN, Kenny Mayne, you know, uh, Chris Berman. Some of the stuff was pretty funny. And when you're trying to be funny, you take some chances with things, right? I enjoyed that. I enjoyed sports as being a step away from corporate America. I enjoyed sports as an outlet from the buttoned up, you know, uh, you know, eat, eat your peas and say your prayers stuff that, that we had every single day. Uh, I, I hate what, how corporate sports have become. I hate that you know announcers have to be a proxy for the for the uh, for, for the advertisers. And God forbid you say anything. Can you mention Jimmy the Greek in today's environment, man? Like, well, it'd be perfect for him as oh much my. as gambling has been. Well, that's the thing, right? So I, I almost think to me, I look at this and I say, there's a great opportunity here. There's a great opportunity here for a secondary market to evolve. Where it's like X-rated, whatever, however you want to go, you know, you know, sp sports raw, whatever. Wow. Where you get somebody who uh, can get the rights to whatever they do their own advertising with whoever, and then it's just. I hope the Mannings do this. This is what I'm hoping the Mannings do with Monday Night Football. But it's just actual well, real talk or, or barstool, right? Well, we talked bar, about I mean, that. You had a better chance with, with barstool than the, the Arizona sure. Bowl. I mean, I, th I think anything is possible in that game. I mean, it, a dumb joke. I mean, it would, look, it would, if anything, he should be embarrassed about how bad the. <laughs> how bad the, the attempt at, right. at, at imitation Well, you don't was, think of Jack Morrison funny. You know, he's not exactly a comedian. He, I've, I've heard him on so many interviews because he's on K-Fan in Minneapolis. They have him on regularly. You wouldn't associate him with being kind of lighthearted or humorous. Right, so the one time he tries to yeah, inject yeah. a little personality. Do, do you think Otani can be a leader here? Do you think people could take a cue and realize um, no one was... 
If he wasn't offended, or like you said, he may have been a little bit, but do you think this could soften the stance as far as anybody, or is, it, is this just an anomaly? Uh, you know what? That's, that's a great question. I, I think it actually can. I, I, I think it can. I think he's got that kind of power where he might be saying, hey, look, yes, it could be offensive, but let's lighten up. We're playing a game. Yeah. And uh, he probably didn't mean any. You know, we always talk about intent. Yeah. There was no intent. Um, and how does he do it? He, he just wasn't thinking. Dude, I grew he up. Was, I he, grew he thought up he was at a bar that. with exactly. his friends. Well, that's, but that, that's the great part about it. That's why I fell in love with baseball, man. I grew up listening to the Yankees, and it was freaking Scooter, Phil Rizzuto, Rizzuto. doing the play-by-play. Ah, now coming to the plate, Danny Tottable. He hasn't had a hit since the last full moon. My God almighty, Danny. Get one on the barrel this time, would you, bud? Like, something like that today would be, how dare Phil Rizzuto call out the great Danny Tottable? Like Steve Cohen. Or, or offend the moon. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Steve Cohen sends out a a tweet the other day about the Mets where uh, how can professional hitters be this bad and it was it was major news like the owner calls out his team it yeah was they like, won the next night they yeah, beat the Giants it actually worked it was the dude he was like professional hitters shouldn't be this bad he should like, probably have to take sensitivity training yeah after right, that, right? They, we need he to educate the, him on the, the third baseman up. do we ever just like why have we forgotten that it's okay for us to tell these people to shut up like shut up if you're offended by that shut up go back inside David my god Okay. I'm going to, you know, trigger you a little bit more here because, you know, you just got done saying you hate this corporate America stance with Dude, with, with sports right now. But, you know, the latest trend, and it, it's an obvious one, and it started in Europe, and now it's here in the U.S. as well, is advertisements on uniforms, right? So it's a big deal. The European soccer leagues, the WNBA tried it, but, you know, it's not like too many people noticed that. The NBA did it a little bit, but now the NHL approved it for all 32 teams. It was unanimous. They started with little decals advertisements on their helmets a few Jeez. years ago, and it raised a hundred million dollars um now they're thinking each team will get between one and 20 million dollars there's a standardized size of what you can have on the jersey and here's my thought on this i love it i mean why not i mean if you own a professional sports team why wouldn't you want to leverage every revenue stream you possibly can i can't believe it took this long and shame on an nhl team if you can only get one million for a season-long endorsement on your jersey for your players what the hell's wrong with you find a new marketing director the vegas golden knights sponsored by only fans <laughs> like i mean what do you, uh, dude, I look, who cares at, at some point? But if it starts bleeding into you can do this, you can't do that, you're representing Chase. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not, man. You know, like the – first of all, I, I'm not in marketing. They must be doing some sort of – they must be doing so, so much research on this. Has, has, seeing, has seeing a brand on your favorite athlete ever made you want to buy that brand ever? Have you ever been Probably like – Probably somebody. Have you been it, driving by I, a Dunkin' Donuts and been like, wow – Rob Gronkowski loves Dunkin' Donuts. Well, it's just a reminder. Can I be honest? I'm a huge Chelsea FC supporter. They were sponsored by Yokohama Tires. I was a little prouder to have Yokohama Tires on my car. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think it does work, and especially for something like that. (laughs) Did you get a discount? No. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it works because it's constantly done. It's like guys get free cars to drive during, let's say, the NFL season or Mm -hmm. the or. People going to that dealership, that's the goal is their visibility. But guys have marketing budgets they have to spend. Sure. So if they have to spend it, you know, is it for them? So maybe they rub elbows with their athlete or for their kids or something yeah, else. Yeah, well, yeah. I think so there's other reasons, but whether it moves the needle. Eli Manning for Toyota. I, I don't think that dude's been driving a Toyota around. <laughs> you know, marketing-wise, I think it was just the anniversary of Talladega Nights. 
like uh, last week, <laughs> and that's a fascinating Wonder Bread. Like, Wonder Bread, like the le- the the CMO or whoever the, the chief marketing person at the time at NASCAR was being interviewed, yeah. and I was watching this interview or reading it, and it's just fascinating, right? How it kind of all evolved. They didn't pay, but the sponsors, you know, allowed them to. I mean, the the movie was allowed to use these marks, and it's forever. It's yeah. not as if you know. They still have an official so white bread of yeah. NASCAR, but Wonder Bread, like you think of Talladega it's a, it's Nights, a great scene. you think of Wonder Bread. This, it sure is. <laughs> but you've got, yeah. you've got Mountain Dew, you've got the classic well, scene at the dinner table this. with KFC. and. You guys are a little older than me, but I'm going to sound like you the You say old, that every week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the, the old grumpy guy in the room, man. Okay, when are sports ever going to be about the sport ever again? Is it ever going to be about the game? Is it ever going to be but about the damn is. athlete? It, it still is. is not. Come on, if you follow sports, you're still not. interested in the outcome. They are not, man. They are not. They're interested in their fantasy team. They're interested in uh, the over under. They're they're interested in so, you know who who uh, agrees with me politically. Yeah, yeah, but t- Even when you look at Kevin Durant and and. Uh, the Draymond Green, when they talk right now, they don't talk about the championship that they won. They, they, they talk about how Steve Kerr broke yeah. it up and how we need our own series like The Last Dance. It's always like there's always some angle to tell some story or to monetize something. And it's like, man, I just want to watch human excellence at its, at its pinnacle. Like, that's what, like, you know what I'm saying? That's what NFL films is for. <laughs> Go back and watch the old school. Yeah, but you don't get hits anymore. You can't say jacked up. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 this, it wasn't always like this, right? Like, you couldn't become a deca millionaire by putting a ball on a hoop a hundred years ago. And I feel like we're acting like this has always been this way when this is an anomaly in the history of time. And I think they're going to ruin it. I think they're going to kill the golden goose if they keep going the way that they're going. I really do. It's not an enjoyable experience as a fan. It's not an enjoyable experience as somebody who, who played the game as an athlete anymore. Well, and I, are I you talking about that watching it? It's not a, uh, yeah, a, a pleasant either, experience either for in user? person, Either in person or... or or uh, the viewing experience has just gotten too dull. It's gotten too sterile. It, it's it, it's too narrative dependent. See, I don't have a problem with it. I didn't, I didn't like, per se, how the football and basketball was played in the 90s as much as I like it now. I think the athletes are better. Wide receivers couldn't do what they did 15, 20 years ago, what they do now. One-handed acrobat catches falling in the end yeah, zone. Yeah, the technology got better with the gloves, in. but I'd like to see guys be able yeah, to get hit. Yeah, I don't know. In the 90s, yeah. I, mean, I was fortunate to work with Chris Carter and Come on. one-handed Okay, no, he was, he was an I exception. I mean, there was, there was okay. a number of unbelievable wide receivers and athletes in the 80s and 90s, but it's different now. Technology, short angles, you get high definition, so now you see this greatness yeah. in high def. So I think we appreciate it as fans, yeah. and too bad we didn't have that technology yeah, back in absolutely. the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and even when, they're trying, even when they're trying to redefine greatness, though, like you can't trust your eyes anymore. It's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's only batting 210 this year, but you know, he's got the highest, uh, <laughs> he's, he's got the highest His batting average on good, balls right? in play, and it's like, what? what's happening here, man? Like, it's like his agent got on the phone and we were like, hey, look, we got to pump this guy a little bit. He's a free agent this year. You got to make sure that the people know his exit velocity is high. Who gives a crap about his exit velocity? The guy's GMs. He, he's one for 10 with runners in score <laughs> position. Who gives a damn how hard yeah, he is? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's all, the P it, word potential, right? The game That's has completely changed. You know, back to the point that we were making about advertising, it's on uniform and whatnot. You know, Tom Brady's the perfect example. You know, he's on that Subway commercial ad and, and he's never eaten Subway. He said that. He's never eaten Subway, and he's in that thing. The other thing about that, too, is so many people were offended by Megan Rapinoe being on there, the women's soccer player, because she's so polarizing. And I I think maybe there's some stories and some data that that really did hurt Subway sales a little bit, the fact that she was included. 
There's no doubt. So it does. It can move the needle one way or another. I think, it affects, I think it, you know, putting her in the forefront definitely hurt the the Olympics. I think. I I I saw her as the premier athlete after Simone Biles, and I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. Hit. Well, it started with their very first game when the first thing they did was take a knee, and yeah. that just set the tone for everything. You're representing right? the country. Like you know what I'm saying? Like how how did nobody speak to her about this? How did nobody be like? Well, she's the leader. I you mean, have by far. To, I mean, she has more control than anybody you else. You have to recuse yourself from the team then. Like you do what you. Well, we just talked about it. We literally just talked about it, right? If this is what we're gonna do, if if somebody has to inject themselves with with a, a foreign substance in order to keep their job, yeah. I think uh, liking the country that you're representing should have to be a prerequisite <laughs> to keep your job. That's that you know like usually helps. Uh, mm-hmm. You know if if you got an issue with it, I'm not saying she should be thrown in jail. I'm not saying that right. her her uh, ability to to compete for professional women's soccer should be taken away at all. But if you have this much of an issue with the United States of America, God bless you for having it. Recuse yourself from representation. Is that is that too much to ask? Well, it's definitely. One way to look at it, and it's an opinion. It won't happen because they think that they have this platform and they can do what they can. And, and you know, the IOC gives them certain leeway. But the Olympics are in the past now. We don't have to talk about it too much. But I can understand your passion, feeling the way you do. And the fact is, she did hurt subway sales a little bit by being included in that campaign. Yeah, I think Steph Curry. And I actually saw the commercial for the first time last night. I was watching the the Kobe thing. I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch that on on ABC last night. That could be another. Topic. I did not. Um, it, was, it was pretty interesting. And just you forget how much that Kobe went through in the non social media you know era. Mm-hmm. You know, back with the whole thing in Colorado. Oh, yeah. But I think back to the subway commercial. I thought Steph Curry who was looking at Tom Brady and said, "Do you even eat bread?" Like making a joke of it. Sure. So embracing it. So I think if more people, draw to your point, kind of embrace the yeah. fun and, oh, oh, some people might have said, if, if that's this what happened, uh, Steph, you can't say that because yeah. that could hurt subway sales. And other people, like, come on, it's funny. I disagree because I agree with you. I disagree with the people who say that because we are entering, or we are dead smack in the middle, whether people realize it or not. This is the era of authenticity. You can't fake it. You can't fake who you are. If Tom Brady, ha- if they hadn't been upfront about that, it would have come out that Tom Brady never eats this. And then the, the, the feeling of getting lied to is worse today than people understand the capitalistic nature of Tom Brady. Go make a buck, Tom. Absolutely. Go go pitch it, brother. Right. The don't lie to us. Don't don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's that is my generation. That's the next generation coming up. Be overt in your messaging that look I'm selling you this because I want money buy it if you like me right that's something that the rappers and the SoundCloud people do amazingly right now and the second thing is be authentically yourself if you can't be authentically yourself then you, you're not going to last because yeah, there's it, nowhere to hide and if you can you can make a fortune right fortune. There, you, there's unlimited is what you can yeah, do there, there is definitely a, a lane for for that kind of pitch person Here, you I'll, can just be authentic I'll, you know I, I want to watch the Kobe thing I'll tell you my best Kobe Bryant story then we'll get into our final topic so I used to have a magazine and we used to get every big name celeb and athlete to come on the cover. It was a great magazine. It was called Post. And we focused on celebrities and professional athletes and, and entertainers. But it was all behind the scenes. Did you have a swimsuit issue? No, we never did. <sighs> we, we had the poster girl, though, which was pretty good. So um, we would never show you athletes in uniform and we never had stats. So we were going to get Kobe Bryant on the cover. And we were like a regional. We weren't even really a big national magazine. We're based in, in Scottsdale and but we had great relationships with pro sports teams. So this was 2009. It was the year that the NBA All-Star game was in Phoenix and we wanted to I wanted to get Kobe Bryant on the cover. Right? So pitched it to him. I know Jeannie Buss a little bit. We made it happen. We set it up. And again, this is Kobe doing a cover shoot for a, a you know not a national magazine. So we had it all set up. We're gonna shoot it on a Monday in right outside the Lakers practice facility. They practice in El Segundo, California, which is close to LAX. 
And the only place we could do this was at like this Holiday Inn, really, that was close to the Lakers practice facility, because that's where we had to do it to be set up. You, you were going to do a photo shoot with Kobe Bryant yes. on a Holiday Inn yes, in we El were. Segundo. No, we not only were we, we did. <laughs> so it was Because he only had limited time, right? And he had to come straight from practice. He lives in Orange County. We all know he helicoptered back and forth. So he had, you know, we had it set up. So... He comes in there, and we had made this huge highway sign. I had it made. I got it from the highway department in Arizona. A message about the All-Star Game coming up from Phoenix, how, how far it is from L.A., and blah, blah, blah. It was a cool little thing that would, you know, he was going to hold on the cover, and the thing had to weigh 50 pounds. It was a heavy, big highway sign. The day before, Kobe Bryant breaks his finger against the Spurs, right? He breaks this finger right here, so it's all wrapped up. It's all bandaged. He shows up. He holds the sign, doesn't complain, could not have been cooler. I mean, ugh, Kobe Bryant, it's still so hard to wrap my arms around the fact that he's not here. I also did a book on Kobe Bryant. Wow. So he's just amazing. But you know, most people think that he's wouldn't be the type of athlete that would do that, but show, showed up in his Louis Vuitton shades, could not have been cooler. Check, check it out. You really enjoyed it. I can't it wait was, to see it. It was part of, I think, a superstar series on ABC. Yeah. And it might have been episode two. I didn't know there was okay, episode I'm gonna one. Okay, I'm going to check it out. But it was really good and just showing the evolution of Kobe because he wasn't like that at the beginning. Right. Um, no, no and question. And he redefined himself. And he, he talk about comeback stories. Yeah. I mean, that might be the ultimate comeback story in terms of public he, uh, he, perception. He was also transitioning into becoming a really, really good producer and a producer of content and some of the stuff that he had done with his shorts and he had a production company. He won the Oscar. It, he was, yeah. It had a been, children book series coming. Yeah, it would have been really, you know, it's a shame, but it re- really yeah. would have been interesting to see his second act. Well, he, he embraced it just as much as he did basketball. Yeah. I mean, everything he did, you know, he only surrounded himself, only wanted to learn from, from great people and people mm-hmm. of the highest level and it was starting to come out it was unbelievable i drive by that spot where the helicopter went down a lot yeah and it's just chilling every time i do it you just still can't believe it like in real time it happened right there hey last thing i want to spend two minutes on this do you guys like hard knocks are you watching it do you think this is a good look for the dallas cowboys <laughs> i'll give you my opinion right away i think hard knocks expo it, it shines the ultimate glare on you and it will reveal who you are if you're a fake if you're a fraud, I think, authenticity, I, yeah. I think it exposes you big time. And I think the guy coming off the worst in this is Mike McCarthy, the head coach. I mean, trying to be a tough guy, trying to be a tough guy, dropping these f bombs. You know, I know they're swearing in pro football, but I was even surprised to hear Dak Prescott swear as much as he did as a Christian. It kind of shocks me. I was watching episode one and two, and he's dropping f bombs left and right. Their defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. I think the guy that comes out across the best is Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, you just—he is who he is. You know, he's a marketing machine. He wants to win. He's an entertainer. I think he's a likable guy. But I I just don't think Hard Knocks does that team any favors. I don't think it helps them. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's there's definitely a divided camp. I would say the majority of teams would rather not do Hard Knocks. The league had to institute rules. There's like rule, if you did it once, you can't do it for another three years. If you're in the bottom 12, you're in the pool of being um, discussed unless someone volunteers. But Jerry Jones is, I mean, look. Love him or, or hate him, he he's done a, in my opinion, a phenomenal job as an it, yeah. owner. I mean, look, it's almost case closed. He's got the number one valued franchise in the world yeah. and hasn't won a title David, in what, since 96? Five billion? Is that more than any of your Euro soccer teams? Yeah, 5.7 billion or something yeah. like that. Uh, I think. Yeah. Five billion a year? No, no, no. That's the value of value. the uh, value. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, uh, oof, that's a good question. No, I think I think Barcelona and Madrid are four okay. and five. All right. This this goes back to our conversation about freedoms, gentlemen. <laughs> Once you give them away, they they How never the come back. How the hell did you segue that? Into- <laughs> no, it, look, it was something that I think was great in the moment. Hard Knocks when it first came out, I think was incredible. It was groundbreaking. It was behind the scenes. The Ravens episode was, was incredible, but nobody nobody. 
nobody had known what to expect and it was raw and it was honest and it was real. Now we're season what, 17, 18, it's stale. Everybody and their mother is it's scripted on there. Everybody is trying too hard to to brand themselves on there. It, it, the the whole idea that this is a still behind the scenes raw, you know, look, look at actual life, it's not. But to your point, maybe Dak is being authentic cuz I'm a little surprised too that he's got this corporate Im- image. He's aligned with some, mm-hmm. you know, um, pillar NFL sponsors, and, and he's pretty wrong. He's on very wrong. He wasn't happy with, when he was held out of practice. He didn't like that at all. Well, you know, he's got, he, you know, he's got Saint status. He's got forty million reasons. Now, he yeah, we're talking about hard knocks. Talking to people, they do such a good job of almost disguising where the cameras are. That oh, talk sh- to people, and yeah. they forget NFL that films it's being uh, you, you, done. This, the Sables in particular, NFL films has done more. For, for every athlete in America, for the entire sports industry, than any nobody ever gives them credit. The Sables are number one reason yeah. why sports are yeah. the, the trillion-dollar industry that it is today. Yeah, and you're a producer, I'm a producer. When you have that much video that you have to cipher through in one week, in one week. and put an episode together and figure out what the storyline is and the editing and the music, yeah. it's incredible what they do. I, so I, it just, I never, well, real quick, I would have, I am a Giant fan. I'm a huge Giant fan, grew up LT, you know, Bill Parcells. I didn't start watching football because of that. I started watching football for two reasons. Tecmo football, Tecmo football on, uh, on on NES. I liked the video game. And then after that, it was the autumn wind. I swear John to you. Facenta, yeah. It was the autumn wind. Yeah. I saw I saw it on ESPN2, and I, and I was like, this is incredible. This is nuts. I was a Raider fan and then a Giant fan. I was a Raider yeah. fan first at five years old, then a Giant fan after that because of the autumn yeah, wind. Just triggering the emotion. They're so good at that. I mean, nobody is a better storyteller than the NFL. The autumn wind is a Raider. You know? <laughs> Unbelievable. It just shows the insatiable appetite we have for football. It doesn't matter, man. No matter what's going on year-round, people want it. They love it, and they'll die over it's it. It's America, brother. You played like football. It, I played football. You yeah. know what? No matter how big, strong, bad you are, toughest guy on the field, you're going to get popped. And you find out a lot about yourself in that moment when you're on the ground with you get back up and get into play. All right, guys. Good episode. Thank you so much. Stay out of the courtrooms, both of you. Okay? <laughs> right. That was a, a tongue-in-cheek joke. <laughs> oh, I know. Jeff, For all my clients, you. please. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Thanks a stellar, for making the effort a pillar to come in. in the community. By Thanks the way, so how about the Griffin Twins? Separated yeah. this year now, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin. So Shaquille signed a big free agent contract in Jacksonville. Shaquem, a few days before Dolphins camp, was signed to the Dolphins. And he's gotten rave reviews. We hope he makes the team. And the two play each other. I think it's week six in London. Mm. So there's been some banter yeah. back and forth between the two twins. Some of the most likable and guys Tom, on the planet. Tom had the opportunity to interview the oh, twins. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. In, uh, in, in, so uh, cool. I know we're, we're up against LA. time for some reason, but real quick, uh, Tebow. We didn't even talk about Tebow, man. <laughs> Okay, we can do about next week, okay? Because Tebow. that could be a, a whole episode anytime. Yeah, so those are great, high-class individuals living apart for the first time in their life. It'll, that's what this should be a documentary on. Or a, yeah, you uh, know what? Well, I'll, I'll, not that I can break it here, but they, they have a book two years ago called mm-hmm. Inseparable, um, and we're in discussions. There will be a movie. Nice. Um, about the Griffin twins. Love it. Awesome. it. It should be. It's an amazing story. If you guys need a director, I know a guy. Or an actor. <laughs> Maybe you can play Shaquem. I'm here for it. I'm here <laughs> All right. for it. Thank you, guys. Help us build this channel. We're working hard to do it. Watch for more content. We're going to have other things on this channel as well. Subscribe if you haven't. Tune into our new episode next week as well. You'll get the alerts that it's dropped. So thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week.